0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Luther's Catechism Podcast brought to you by The Way Church. I'm Pastor Matt Rothy. Luther's Catechism Podcast takes you, the listener, through Luther's Small Catechism in order to educate, encourage, and equip you in your Christian faith and for all your callings in life. In this episode, we continue our study of the Ten Commandments with the Second Commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we do not use His name to curse, swear, lie, or deceive, or use witchcraft, but call upon God's name in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. The names that God uses for himself in the Bible tell us so much of what we know about God. Names like God Almighty, the Lord, Jesus, Savior, Holy Spirit, and the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega, and so many more names express important truths about God. It's vital that we know and believe in the true God. Therefore, It's easy to understand why God gave us a commandment that forbids us to misuse his name in any way. Because God is holy and he is our creator and our savior and he deserves our respect. And so the second commandment reminds us that we very often show a lack of respect for his name and dishonor it. But this commandment also shows us, it teaches us, it guides us how to treat his name with the utmost honor and respect. If you're following along in your own Luther's Catechism book, we are on page 53, going through questions 39 through 43. If you do not have a copy of this edition, you can purchase your own at the following web address, online.nph.net. Now, in the Second Commandment, we are talking all about the name of our God. When we hear someone's name, we naturally think about the things we know about that person. Think about your best friend. What's that person's name? Immediately what comes to mind as you think about their name is what that person looks like, the things he or she likes to do, and so on. A name is a signpost pointing our minds to everything we associate with the person In a similar way, when we speak of God's name, we aren't just talking about the sounds of the letters G-O-D. No, God's name brings to mind everything that is true about him. God's name recalls in our minds everything that God has told us about himself in the Bible. We are very blessed that God has revealed his name to us in scripture and done so in so many interesting and varied ways. His name is so important that God gave us a commandment to warn us against misusing it. Why did God reveal his name to us? That's question 39. Romans 10 tells us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. One of the reasons why God revealed his name to us is because he has saving power. Psalm 54, verse 6, I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. Why did God reveal his name? It's because it is good. There are blessings wrapped up in his name. And Psalm 50, verse 15 tells us of one of those blessings. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. God's name is very important to us. Through it, God calls us to be saved. He protects those who believe in his name. He reveals his name to us so that we might trust in his power and pray to him in every name. He teaches us his name so that we might praise him and tell others of the great things he has done. With all these blessings coming to us through his name, you might think we should naturally always honor his name and treat it with the highest respect. However, we know better by now. Our sinful nature opposes God and leads us to misuse his name, the very thing that this commandment, the second commandment, forbids us to do. How do we misuse God's name? Well, God's law serves as a mirror for us, revealing that we are guilty of breaking the second commandment. The following passages are going to explore six different ways that we misuse God's name. The first is that we misuse God's name by cursing. James 3 verse 10 says, Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Here, to curse does not mean simply using four-letter words. It means to use God's name to wish evil on someone. So we misuse God's name by cursing, but also by swearing. Leviticus 19, do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. James 5 verse 12, above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or anything else, All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Again, we misuse God's name by cursing and swearing. And here, swearing again does not mean simply using bad words, but it means to use God's name as a pledge that you are telling the truth. If we sin against the second commandment, it's by using God's name to defend a lie. We also sin against this commandment As James 5 verse 12 tells us, if we simply swear unnecessarily, God's word encourages us very practically, simply let your yes be yes and your no a no. How do we misuse God's name? The third way is that we misuse God's name is by lying, especially if we lie in teaching false doctrine or claim that our own false beliefs actually are from gods. Matthew 15, verse 9. They worship me in vain, but their teachings are merely human rules. Matthew 7, verse 15. Jesus said, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Jeremiah 23. Yes, declares the Lord. I am against the prophets who wag their own tongues and yet declare, the Lord declares. We misuse God's name by lying and and lying in a very particular way, using God's name to lie and create false teachings. Another way that we misuse God's name, the fourth way, is by deceiving others. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. Jesus said, speaking, To the Pharisees, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What's happening here in these passages is Jesus, and throughout many other gospel passages, is condemning the teachers of the law and the Pharisees for being hypocrites. What he's saying is that the Pharisees, while they were members of the Jewish group that focused on keeping laws, and they even added laws given in the Bible— And although they claimed to follow God's law and tried to show off their goodness and godliness, their zeal didn't flow from love for God. Often they tried to use their godliness, in fact, to cover up evil things that they were doing, taking from others. Oh, this is how we misuse God's name. We use God's name to deceive others as though we were trying to pretend that we are being faithful followers of God, but really just covering up our sins. There's two more ways that we misuse God's name, and one is by practicing witchcraft. What does that mean? Well, if we practice witchcraft, we are speaking of someone involved with the occult or doing things superstitiously, believing in good luck charms, for example. We sin against God's name because when we do things that are superstitious, we're trusting in power that ultimately does not come from God, maybe even comes from Satan, and is opposed to the power and will of God. Deuteronomy 18 highlights this. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their own son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, implements omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. Here is God's word in several ways, five ways so far that we can misuse God's name. Now, I said in the case of swearing and in the case of cursing that that's not necessarily talking about using bad words or swear words, as we say today, or, you know, talking about curse words. But what about those words? Well, one way that we can misuse God's name, Ephesians 5 verse 4 tells us, is through coarse talking. Ephesians 5 says, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for your God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. The final way we can break the second commandment and misuse God's name is by being God's people and yet using language that is not proper, that's coarse, that's foolish talk, that's rough jokings, joking about sexual immorality, or just jokes that are out of place. What we should instead do is is use our voice to give thanks to God. Now, this brings up an important point here as we consider Ephesians 5. We often sin by the things we do. But we also sin when we don't do things that we should do. When we do what God forbids, commit a sinful act, we call that a sin of commission. Commit a sinful act, commission. But when we fail to do what God commands, we call those sins of omission. We omit doing what God wants, a sin of omission. How do we sometimes dishonor God's name? By our failure to use it, by our by our sins of omission, what the following passages will highlight is all of the times where we fail to pray, praise, proclaim God's name, and give thanks. First Thessalonians 5 says, Pray continually. Isaiah 43 says this, The people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Psalm 105 says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Psalm 118, verse one, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. You think of all of these wonderful ways that God encourages us in his word to come to him and use his name to pray to him continually, to praise him and lift high all the wonderful and mighty deeds he has done to proclaim his name, to tell others about those same good things that God has done, to simply stop and give thanks for all the blessings he's given us. We sin against the second commandment when we omit doing so from our lives. These are sins of omission. Jesus spoke to the Apostle James telling us that whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. James 2 verse 10. We're guilty of breaking the second commandment. Oh, perhaps we can think of specific times when we have cursed or used God's name to swear needlessly or, or placed our trust in a good luck charm. But at other times, we have simply failed to use his name to pray, praise, or give thanks. How do we know that our, that our sins in so many different ways against the second commandment are forgiven? Well, hear this in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is no end to the joy that meditating on this passage gives us. The fact that we who are so full of sins against the second commandment, by the things we do and the things that we don't do with God's name, God took all of those sins upon him, his very self, that he took our misuses of his name onto him. And what did he give us in exchange? Something that belongs to his name and his name alone, righteousness. He gave that to you. And so now your standing before God is of someone who is righteous Oh yeah, we are sinners who have heard the wonderful message that Jesus' perfect obedience to the law is credited to us. Because of Jesus, we are counted as righteous, sinless in the sight of God. Oh, and therefore, we want to obey his commandments, this one and all of them, in order to honor his name. How does God's word serve us as a guide who want to keep the second commandment? Well, think again about all the ways we omit doing it. We don't pray. We often don't praise, proclaim, or give thanks, but knowing what Christ has done for us moves us to want to do all those things. Why? Acts 4 verse 12. Because salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. If God's name and God's name alone saves, it is our joyful response to the message of the gospel to proclaim that name and rejoice in the salvation that we have. Psalm 50 verse 15, knowing who our God is and what is involved in his name moves us to call upon God in the day of trouble. He has promised us, I will deliver you and you will honor me. Psalm 52 verse 9, for what you have done, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people and I will hope in your name for your name is good. Ephesians Chapter 5, be filled with the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we use God's name? We use it to praise Him. And we think about all of the wonderful ways that we do praise Him in worship by singing and making music, by singing and, and confessing our faith together with God's faithful people gathered around His word and sacrament. We do this in worship we keep the second commandment. How else do we keep the second commandment? How else does God's word serve as a guide for those who want to do so? Consider the following passages. Matthew 28, God's Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is God's mission for the church. In Acts chapter 4, we see Jesus' disciples say these words, We cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard. How do we keep the second commandment? We too can't help speaking about the good that we have in God's name. This is our lesson on the second commandment, which is, in fact, all about God's name and how we shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. As you consider God's name, Think about maybe your name. Do you know what your name means? Do you know why those who named you picked the name that they did? Sometimes parents pick a name for a special reason. Well, God picked his names for very special reasons too. The name of God tells us many important truths about him. A fascinating biblical narrative that you can read about comes from the life of Moses in Exodus chapter 3. One day when Moses was taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, something unusual happened. He saw a bush that was on fire but didn't burn up. From there, God revealed and proclaimed one of his names to Moses, a simple name, yet one that taught Moses a lot about God. I want to invite you to read Exodus chapter 3 with those whom you're studying the catechism with. Use it as a chance to study God's word and for personal devotion. Here you will hear about God revealing himself to Moses at the burning bush by saying, I am who I am. This name, I am, teaches us a number of important things about God. First, God says is, and he doesn't depend on anything else to exist. He simply is. Second, God's name doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When Jesus applied that name, I am who I am, and applied it to himself in the Gospels, people knew that he was claiming to be God, who had given that name to Moses. As you study Exodus 3 and you reflect on God's word, describe a situation in your life when you can find comfort in knowing that God doesn't depend on anything else to exist. Tell about a time, think of a circumstance when knowing that God would never change was helpful and comforting for you. We end this episode with a quote from Martin Luther. God's name cannot be misused worse than for the support of falsehood and deceit. All misuse of the divine name happens first in worldly business and in matters that concern money, possessions, and honor. This applies publicly in court, in the market, or wherever else people make false oaths in God's name or pledge their souls in any manner. This is especially common in marriage affairs. But the greatest abuse occurs in spiritual matters. These have to do with the conscience. When false preachers rise up and offer their lying vanities to as God's word. Friends, in Luther's quote here, we remark about the dangers and the varied ways that we can misuse God's name. And so as we close again, we reflect on really the good that is in God's name. In Acts chapter 4, God's disciples were were facing persecution, being told not to talk about the word of God, not to speak his name. In response, they replied, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. May God be with you as you too can't help speaking this wonderful name that is God's. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Luther's Catechism Podcast. I pray that you have found this episode educational, encouraging, and I hope that it has equipped you in your Christian faith and for all your callings in life. May the Lord bless you and keep you until we have the opportunity to join together again in the study of Christian doctrine on Luther's Catechism Podcast.